0: Hey, it's Bonnie Miller
1: and Chris Long,
0: and you're listening to Paintcast.
1: This podcast comes to you uncensored and ad-free. And if you'd like to support us, find us on Instagram at bonnie miller art and at long underscore painter, and buy a painting.
0: You know you want to. And if you'd like to see us and special guest artists paint side by side, check us out on YouTube channel Paintcast Podcast.
1: Thanks, and don't forget to rate and subscribe. What part of Cape Cod are you on, Lori? Uh,
0: in East Sandwich, which is um, about 15 minutes after you get over the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's a very um, quiet part of the Cape. We're on Cape Cod Bay. It's it's a little more rural than much of the Cape.
1: Yes, I do know that area because. Last uh, summer into autumn, we stayed at Gateway to the Cape, which is about 20 minutes from there. It's a thousand trails RV park,
0: okay. and
1: we went across um, the bridge often. So we went um, up to, um, I think it's Dennis, and then down to Falmouth, and then we went to the seashore a few times, too.
0: Yes, and Dennis shares the same beach that we have here. So it's the Bay Beach, and you get these beautiful sandbars. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love it here. I, you know, and this year with all that's going on, I expect we're all just going to stay here. Um, <clears> we, we live outside of Boston, and it's just more comfortable here with um, the breeze and the air just feels nice and it's very quiet.
1: Oh, okay. So, how long were you in the Boston area for?
0: Well, we live in the Boston area. This is a place we come to in the summer. Um, Okay. Yeah. And as my kids got older and went off to college, we used it, but not as frequently because my husband still works in the city. And, um, you know, I'd stay as much as I could, but now with all that's going on, we have most of my family
1: here with us and it's really nice. Oh, yeah, that
0: is really nice. Yeah, it is.
1: It's so exciting, yeah. A lining. yeah. Mm. So, when I was a kid because I grew up in just outside of Hartford, Connecticut my family always used to have vacation home rentals um, in uh, the what is it called? The Eastham area? Yes. And we also stayed in Chatham a few times, and so I, I spent uh, two or three weeks every summer on Cape Cod, and then we'd go for the Whale Watches down to Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. And I've been meaning to actually get there and paint for about five years now, and it, it's just never worked out. Well, it's <laughs>
0: interesting here because I grew up outside of Hartford also, Oh, really? Okay, in a small town called Bristol, Connecticut. I don't know if you know it.
1: I do. I I, I grew up in Manchester.
0: Okay, yes. Uh, My sister actually lives in Manchester. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm very familiar with that area. And um, out here on the Cape, we used to come all the time to Chatham. Mm. But when we decided to buy a home out here, I really wanted a place that was... um, Ah, what's the right word? A a little bit less. I wanted to be able to throw on a clean t-shirt and feel as though I were dressed up. If you know what I
1: mean. Yes. Yes. Uh, (laughs) There is a certain kind of weird pressure from the city people during the summer who are vacationing in the area. And you sort of feel like unless you're on the beach, you really have to be, I don't know, presentable? I I know that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and (laughs) we're... outside in the morning, you know, in whatever I'm wearing to sleep and sit and have my coffee. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Wow. So you are uh, a born and bred New Englander then?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. And I married a man from India. So oh, wow. We, uh, we travel a fair amount. We've been to India quite often and we just travel a fair amount because we both enjoy it. His father was a diplomat by right so it's in his blood and we um since our kids were little have traveled abroad
1: that is so fascinating and suddenly i understand your work a little bit better just knowing (laughs) where you live now and traveling overseas um it, it really makes more sense in my mind, like um, especially all your new work with kind of the flowing um, kind of white either linen or cotton clothing that you sort of see the sun through, you know?
0: Yes, yes. And you know, Chris, that work is definitely new and my work has definitely evolved. So my journey is that I had, had not painted I mean, I, I really never painted until about 2013. I had studied printmaking and kind of gave it up because I was raising a family. My husband was working a lot. And um, I think as a mom, sometimes you give up a lot of yourself to your family. Mm-hmm. So I started taking classes. As a matter of fact, I had a friend who kind of forced me to take a class because I was, I was nervous and I paint. Um, And my evolution since that first class has been interesting even to me. So I I would take a class and someone would say, this is how you must mix your paint. Uh, This is how you should sign your piece. This is, there were were a lot of (laughs) shirts. Yeah. So I I took quite a few classes. I said, you know, I'm going to stop. I know how to mix colors. I know... I know the basics of painting and I'm just going to do what I want to do because these voices were telling me, you must do this. You should do this. Don't mix with a brush. Do mix with a brush. Um, And my work as of late is more reflective of my voice coming out, especially when I I zoom in more on the um, pieces of fabric. That's what interests me.
1: Because when I took a scroll through your Instagram and went all the way back to when you first started posting, which was, I think, 2014,
0: yes. um,
1: there is such um, a marked shift. Like you, It really looks like you're taking much bigger ri- risks compositionally, and that you've really leaned into the planar compositions and some of the more non-traditional um, locations of things, if, yes. if, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. In fact, my last painting, I, I, I toyed with, do I crop this head or don't I crop this head? Not, you know, crop the top of the head off. And the voices were telling me, so the whole head. And I thought, No. I want the fabric to be right in the middle of the canvas. Everything else is kind of peripheral. It, everything yeah. else doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree with you there.
1: Hmm. Now, do do you look at Instagram often for inspiration, or do you just sort of feel it's a cesspool?
0: Uh, sometimes I feel it's a cesspool. <laughs> inspired you know i have certain artists that i turn to that i look at regularly and mm-hmm. instead of scrolling through everything i'll often just go to their page okay uh, you know um I, I think linda christensen i don't know if you're familiar with her work um i i i just am very inspired by her and a painter i studied with katherine you'll see her influence in my work without a doubt oh, okay um, So I often go to her work. Um, Yeah, Instagram. (laughs) You could spend hours uh, just scrolling through that. And and it's... No, I I don't do that anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that if you start to look at the... Especially uh, two-dimensional kind of painting uh, art feeds that are on there it starts to blur after a while and you think that you're seeing the same two or three individuals paintings over and over again. And you're thinking, wow, this is, um, this is really kind of caught onto the algorithm and then I'll actually go and I'll check it and it'll be a variety of different people and that's kind of unexpected. And then I'll look a little bit more and a lot of it's digital. So uh. if, if, if I just do a basic flip through of the people I follow and, um, then I can go about with, you know, going with my day and I don't really get trapped. But as soon as I think to myself, um, oh, this looks like it's influenced by this. Oh, is that this person? It just, it pulls me in.
0: Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting, Chris. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I, I think, um, you know, going back to what you said about digital, I'm a big hole that with digital. I don't like it. Um, and I know uh, that's bucking the trend. I use Procreate or whatever as a tool. So, mm-hmm. say I'm working on a painting and I just don't know what color that background's going to be, or I want to try something out. I photograph my painting in progress, sit down with my iPad and pen, put it in Procreate, and try a few things. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I don't know after the Right, and
1: I know this families of photography, but I I have a with digital work. I don't care for. Yeah, I think that for us who grew up before the advent of the internet, yes, um,
0: <laughs>
1: yes. that there is a certain joy to discovering actual tangible things. Yes, and m- maybe. Um, Maybe it's going to be lost on future generations. Um, You know, because it is possible that they will just look upon things that are done in Procreate or in a similar program or that are just entirely computer generated, which they have programs for that now, too, where an AI can go through and can just formulate a painting
0: so you are know, probably right you're probably right it's just as you know handwriting right yeah I'm in Catholic schools, my handwriting is impeccable my kids, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they know how to write in longhand. hand um, or they do, but it's horrible um, but you know that takes me back to pools that an artist use and thinking about this before we spoke. I was actually scrolling through Instagram and I saw someone using cold wax and uh, trying different things and one thing I found with my own work is I limit what I'm going to use as a tool and I force that tool to work. I feel like there's so much more I can learn about paint. If I stick to paint, I only use bright brushes. And I can make those things make any mark I want them to make. I don't use any solvents. I just use paint straight out of the tube. And I force myself to do that because I find it confusing. The more mm. the products I add, and, and as you know, there's a plethora of them out there.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: but if I keep my, my table just very clean and simple, it takes away those choices for me.
1: I also use paint straight from the tube now. I don't use any medium, and I enjoy it so much better. You know, I.
0: How with your work? It's fantastic. Yeah. You can load that
1: brush. Yeah, um, I also got it. I, I don't know if you've ever tried this. I I, I normally stick to brights. Sometimes filbert brushes for most of my pieces, and I, I use a lot of knives as well. But I got into using sticks and other unusual objects like keys and oh. just random stuff and seeing how it changed the way that I was making images. This is maybe 2016, 2017, um, and it really showed me how important. Um, mixing on the palette was Hmm. and how much time it saved because it was an unbelievable time sink to try to take a coffee stirrer not only mix on a glass palette with it but also apply the paint and keep yourself sane while you're working on the piece yeah
0: uh, talk about unconventional tools I reached out to an artist because I really like her palette work and I toyed off and on with using palette knives and she said what she uses are Bondo knives that auto mechanics use mm-hmm. I thought you know I, I, I've struggled with using palette knives there's an opportunity to think outside of the box and find something else that may work
1: yeah um. <coughs> excuse me I used palette knives poorly and was upset with them for years until and this is a a shameless plug for a guy I know, who I I love his palette knives. Ray Hyder from Oak Blade Palette Knives makes these um, single uh, these palette knives from a single piece of stainless steel or titanium. And they're light and they're really really flexible and sharp. And they're not uh, like anything you can get in a store. So I use those exclusively. And that has also changed the way I apply paint just by switching to one uh, tool that's, um, yeah, that someone who decided that, you know, that there was a need for better quality knives. And, um, yeah.
0: So... You know, Chris, that might be something I'd be interested in trying. But yeah. going back to what I was saying is when I was studying, you know, people critique you left and right, right? So this one group said, love her work, but um, I don't like how she mixes palette knife with brush strokes.
1: Okay.
0: So automatically my mind told me, oh, that's wrong. can't do that. You can't mix brush strokes with palette knives. And this is when I... Now I'm letting what I want to do. Now I'm just not thinking so much about what's correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I think for me, what might work is laying down the brush and then going into it with a palette knife.
1: Yeah. That's often how I build most things. And because I'm, I'm generally less concerned with color and, more concerned with the tactile kind of topography of the paint on the surface. Um,
0: I wish I'd seen one of your paintings in person. I mean, they feel that they're very thick with paint, aren't
1: they? Oh, yeah. They're they're fairly thick, yeah. And it it comes from, I think, um, my background as a sculptor, because I used to uh, work a lot with reliefs when i went to school for sculpture back in the 90s and uh, i I mostly did figurative and portrait work but I, i really enjoyed doing some small landscapes um in relief just in clay and casting them and i think that that has sort of come through a little bit um
0: Yes, your background definitely does come through, um, no doubt about that. I can see now that your work is sculptural and mine is more flat, or probably because I spent many years working as a graphic designer. So once I realized it was going to be very difficult to make a living as an artist, I studied graphic design and did that for many years, and that's definitely come through in in my work.
1: Yeah. Um, I... I, I hope you don't find offense to this. This is nothing but a compliment. But a lot of your pieces have this like real strong 80s and 90s uh, music video nostalgia feel to them with things that are blowing. And it. some of them really feel like there's music playing with them. <laughs> I, 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 don't know, I don't know whether that's because... Oh,
0: I'm flattered. My, my daughter, who is a music aficionado... We'll be thrilled to hear this.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'll have to think about that and think about how that that relates.
1: Yeah, I I just kind of recall off the top of my head um, a few or maybe a couple Madonna videos, like um, uh, who it? Oh, Stevie Nicks ah, from Stevie uh, Fleetwood Mac and yes. some of her videos. With kind of the the flowing um, fabric in the breeze. And yeah, it just, uh, some of their songs play as I see some of your pieces come up on my Instagram feed sometimes. I I just thought that I'd run that by you and see if I was completely off base.
0: (laughs) I don't know because I don't recall, but I am going to have to now take a look at some of those old videos and see if I can see the correlation going on there you know these images that I paint I used to just search for I'd walk the beach and just search to find this gorgeous towel blowing in the breeze and I ended up with so few images that I now ask friends kids my own daughter to model for me so I mm-hmm. have like a bag of props and if the light is right and um usually if there's a bit of wind Mm -hmm. my daughter who's home for the summer because all that's going on and they were were taking photos and just head down to the beach and um, I probably take, I would say, about at least a hundred photos to find the one.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So, that makes sense. Um, You mostly work from photos then and the... The photos are all of your own, um,
0: taking. Yes, I I, I have a couple that aren't my own, but ninety-nine percent are my own. So what I will do, though, if I'm if I'm with someone photographing them, I also keep a sketchbook with me Mm -hmm. because I feel like you lose a lot when you're looking at the photograph. Um, So I might see a touch of color somewhere. So I do a very loose sketch, general Hmm. idea of what I'm going to paint. And then I just do little arrows and say, yeah, there's a bit of pink there that I might mm-hmm. use in the photo or not notice in the photo. Um, and, and I find that very helpful.
1: So, yeah, I will do, do a few live sketches. Hello? Hi. Oh, I, I think I just kind of partially lost you there. Um, could you repeat that last part?
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I was just talking about sketching. Uh, I'm not sure how much you've got, but I I talked about how when I am taking the photograph, I also have a sketchbook and I I sketch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not precisely what I'm going to end up painting, but just sketch the general idea, right? So Mm -hmm. if there's, I see orange, say, on the side of her arm or whatever, I, I do a little arrow notation and say orange in case that's lost in the photograph or in case I don't capture that in the photograph. And I find it particularly
1: beautiful. Mm. Yes. I take a lot. Um, well, the majority of the photos I take, um, I have to use three or four different sources, uh, for reference. I, I find that, uh, just using one, sometimes I get bogged down and because I don't draw and I don't take notes. um, I, I lose just what you were saying there. Like some of the subtle things that really make you drawn to the image. So I'll just go and I'll find um, similar images that I've taken before that have certain aspects that I prefer. And I just kind of, them in there. I I don't really do any of the work on the computer to manipulate uh, color or I don't really uh, like meld images together in order to paint from them. I I just sort of have them available and I Photoshop them all in my head and I do it as I work.
0: I find that interesting, Chris. In fact, it makes me think that I tend to choose one image and say that's the image I'm going to paint. But I think would be helpful as I'm painting to scroll through the other images from that photo shoot. Because like you, maybe there's something I want to change up a little, and that might inspire me to do it. something I see in a different photograph. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I change up stuff all the time when I'm working. (laughs) It's never exactly what the photograph is, and I I imagine your work is the same.
1: Usually, Uh yeah. Um, So, I would imagine that people have pressured you to work from life doing these kind of compositions, or they've asked you if they're done from a live model. Yes. And, um, well, I mean, my personal take on it is that's kind of a bullshit question to begin with. Um, But uh, how do you respond to those um, <laughs> to those purists may I call them <laughs> who don't feel as though that uh, using photographs as tools is, is valid
0: could you imagine Chris painting <laughs> on a beach with the wind whipping <laughs> trying to picture that image in paint it, 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 it's going to happen. Um, and, yeah. You know, I paint from life on occasion. I think it's a really good thing to do, just as an exercise. I set up small still lives. I occasionally have my daughter model and just stick headphones on. So some of my paintings are from life, although it's rare. But they're usually mm-hmm. the ones that are indoors. Uh, there's one in particular I have where her hands are behind her head and she's just lying down on the floor. Um, that I did a lot of from life, but then I took it back to the photograph and finished it that way. But honestly, Chris, this goes back to the what's right and what's wrong, and there are purists who just feel that there are musts and shoulds, and that just gets in the way of my creativity if I listen to that too much.
1: Yes, I had a lot of that as a sculptor when I was a teenager in school and I rebelled. I was one of those 19 year old shithead kids in school who just wouldn't do anything anyone said. So I think I missed some of the lessons involved there, but because I later in life, uh, when I stopped the sculpture game and decided I was going to teach myself painting Um, I had to, uh, I had to go back and try to figure out if I could apply some of those should and should not lessons Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: what I was attempting to reteach myself how to do. And I'm, I'm thinking that it's, it's somewhat useful to have all the whole range of opinions when you're first starting out and when you're studying. Um, Agreed. There also comes a time when, uh, everyone else just really needs to not talk anymore. And, (laughs) and you're just ready just to listen to yourself, you know?
0: And, and I reached that point. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. Um, because like you, and when I was 19, I was such a rebel. Um, but, you know, you change in life. I became a mother. I, I wasn't a rebel anymore. I feel that a little bit of that rebellion is coming back, and I like it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So... When you work in your studio, yes. um, do you have some sort of ritual or process that you go through every day to sort of get in the place that you need to be? I'm asking because I, w- I just had a conversation with um, a friend of mine from Los Angeles, and she was describing her ritual to begin some of her intuitive works and it was so foreign to me that I'm I'm just interested now. I, I think that's gonna be probably a, a uniform question on my, my interviews here.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have a ritual. I come to paint. If it works it works. If it doesn't it doesn't. Wow. That's really how I look at it. You know, I, I would paint twenty four seven if I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and most days it does work. But there are some days when it, it, the flow isn't there. There's nothing I can do. And rather than fight it and waste the day, I go do something else.
1: It's very wise.
0: <laughs> you know, I find I used to fight it, though. I used to say, oh, no, well, I'm in front of you. You, you, know, you would think.
1: I still you, do fight it. it. Yeah, um, are are you a coffee drinker? I am. Yeah. Yes. So just morning, I have a couple
0: of cups. That's it. That's yeah.
1: it. Because for me, I sort of have to keep uh, jamming as much espresso down my throat as I can, and I don't even think I really feel the effects anymore. Like I, I don't have um, the caffeine high after years and years of it but I'm I, it's still I, I think that that's probably the one ritual aspect if I were to have to call it out for myself oh speaking of coffee yes are are are, are, are you a fan of Dunkin Donuts I know they're ubiquitous no. up where we used to stop um, but
0: no. <laughs> now now Going back to rituals, though, now that you're talking, I think I do have a ritual, but I'm thinking when you said ritual of in the studio, mm-hmm. in the case, the first thing I do when I get up is walk my dog on the beach, and we walk for a couple miles every morning, and we walk for a couple miles every evening as well, but it really clears my mind. Half the time, I'm the only one on the beach. Dogs are only allowed on the beach before 9 o'clock in this area. So mm-hmm. I get up early enough and it. Um, sometimes I put music on, sometimes I don't. Uh, it completely clears my mind. In fact, if I do see another person I might know and they want to come and talk to me sometimes I, and I don't see them because I value that time so much.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I have a little fantasy of our new puppy and I going for morning walks too sort of that she's still a little young right now um she's going she's going to be getting her shots this week so we're still even careful about taking her outside where there's been other dogs um just to be
0: yeah
1: you have to be careful but I've been waiting for you to post a picture oh yeah I I I I really don't, I I don't post really anything but um, paintings and painting related stuff on my Instagram. My my wife's Instagram is where we post um, our lifestyle pics of our travels and um, of our kids doing different places around the country. And we will be posting um, a picture of Sertia, the puppy. Oh. And yeah, it's, it's Irish for Freedom.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, nice. Right.
0: Well, I yeah. you really do understand. If you look at my Instagram, you'll find the same. In fact, yeah. um, I posted a couple when my daughter got married just because people were asking, but then I took them down. Mm-hmm. I- I'm a private person and I feel that there are some people who post on Instagram and I literally know what they do all day and that's fine. If that works for them, that's great. But I I like to maintain a certain privacy about me and my family, my kids. And um, I I look at this as my professional Instagram. Mm. I do too. Agreed.
1: And it also allows um, you to ignore a lot of the noise that might come from you posting personal things and there being, um, an uncomfortable crossover. Yes. And I've heard from other artists I know on Instagram that they post pictures of their dogs and their kids and where they're going. And then they'll just have these odd direct messages and they're not concerning their paintings they're concerning um people who want to meet up with them because they happen to have a child the same age and then it and then it gets a little weird
0: it does get a little weird like
1: maybe it's all innocent and everything but um because there's that accessibility i feel i i just need to keep it down to business like if if people want to buy something that's the place yeah.
0: you know and i find i i just joined facebook a couple of years ago and i probably will get off of it soon i just don't check it often so i might post something and then i'll see yeah. that i should have answered all these things and i never really checked it again um but i find people will post things about me like say at an opening or you know we were doing something together and yeah. tag me and it's up on my feet but just I find find that um, I'd rather post what I want to post, not somebody else post something about me. But that said, I have kids in their 20s, and I can't tell you how often I've said to them, guys, don't post that, okay?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, what did I hear the other day? Someone made um, some kind of comment that Facebook was a great place to see which one of your high school friends have died. And I thought that is so morbid. And then I began to think about it more. And then I I thought, well, maybe that's true in a way, because I mean, if it's not for discussion of um, events or politics or anything like that, then I mean, really, what else do you have? Because the same images are going to be posted on Instagram and people are going to want to go to Instagram to see photos. So,
0: However, someone who is actually, he's an art critic, he, he said to me when I thought about signing off of Facebook, he said there are two different demographics going on. The Instagram demographic is a lot younger. The mm-hmm. Facebook demographic is a lot older. However, I've had no sales through Facebook and many through Instagram. Yes. you so are saying that the older demographic might actually have money and be able to purchase paintings, but the younger won't. But um, I haven't found that to be true.
1: I don't find that to be true at all. And if anything, um, clients who are considerably older of mine who really aren't even on the Internet, their children and their family members who are younger and on the Internet, they have seen my work and said, oh. You know, I think you might really like this person's work. Then they show it to them, and then they're able to purchase it online, and then they'll send me a little message. Yeah, that they're not even on my Instagram. They didn't see this on like the Daily Paint Works where I post things. They they kind of get it by word of mouth from their own family who are on the social media platforms anyway. So I, I think it's a lot more integrated than. Um, than we think. And for me, at least I would just prefer because I make, um, I make pictures with paint Mm -hmm. that I I just want to show the pictures I make in paint. And and that's it. it. It just keeps it a lot simpler. I mean, it's already complex enough as it is because you're transferring, color that is seen either um in different uh colors of light or through sunlight and then you're putting it through some kind of uh innate digital filter and then you have no idea what people actually see on their phones either
0: right however i don't know if you find this chris that some comments are actually helpful and useful um, I, I often find, even more so through direct messaging, I have a yeah. small group of people that I communicate, and I, I find their critiques and their feedback really, really useful.
1: Hmm. I I get about one great uh, critique every year, <laughs> and I, I've only I've only really been posting on Facebook since 2016. Yeah. Um, be- before then it was like a piece every other month so um, yeah so it's
0: I'm going to have to come up with a good critique for you then aren't
1: I hey I'm all for that uh, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I get a lot of people who um, who just I, I don't know why but they pressure me for materials info Um, some weeks I've gotten upwards of 30 direct messages and then multiple emails of people who ask me questions, they can just Google Hmm. and, and it's always about tools or materials I am no longer using or that I've never used. And I I don't really understand. I I don't understand so much about so much, Lori. Yes. I mean. There's a saying, you know, you could fill volumes with what I don't know, but yeah, you, you could fill libraries with what I don't know, but, but that I have to use every day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Let me tell you, but what I found personally is the people that have reached out to me more are people who are just beginning to paint, and maybe it's because they read that I'm I haven't painted for a really long time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I it's really important to be generous and I do my best to be as generous and as open as I can you know I, I've met some artists who are very they keep their technique very close to their they, they don't want to talk about it too much mm. don't teach because I would prefer to paint in that time um, I just I, I'm, you know doing this podcast for me is a stress i'm a very um private person so getting in front of a group of people to teach would be very difficult for me however if somebody asks hey i'm starting out painting what are some ideas i might refer them to a book or maybe um, someone i took a workshop with when i was first starting out or just ideas but i do find it's those people that reach out to me more rather than established painters
1: Yeah, I I taught for years and I, I don't want to ever do it again. Like no workshops, no nothing. I will forever be completely satisfied with just creating more work. And I've I've tried to get that out there and when people do contact me um i i do my best to be useful and helpful yeah. and s- some of them know oh <laughs> they make the day interesting
0: <laughs> yes. yes i do know what you mean yeah.
1: Ooh, no, now
0: i'll ever teach you know i just i have no uh, you know time is precious yeah. um I would paint as like I said, eight in the morning till eight at night every day if I could. Um, you know, life things get in the way and I'm unable to, but I don't want to take away any time from that. Um, on the Cape, I, I we had a room above our garage that um, we always thought we'd turn into a guest room and never did because we had enough guests as it was. So <laughs> I turned that into a studio, and it's my space, my oasis so i leave our home it's a separate garage and come here and um i can see the ocean it's uh, it's heaven for me it's kind awesome of, yeah kind of dream come true true type stuff to have this this space especially now that i have my husband my kids working from home more now um it's mm-hmm. good to have the oasis have you ever tried
1: plein air painting like landscape work
0: I have. I yeah. actually really enjoy landscape painting. I don't think I'm very good at it, but mm-hmm. I think it's really fun. Hmm.
1: Yep. I would be interested to see more of your landscape paintings because your the way that you treat cloth and the way that you move the shadow around in your composition, uh, in order to create form, I, I think would be, um, a neat translation to sky, cloud, land, deep space.
0: You know, Chris, I find I've been collecting more photographs just lately. It's interesting mm-hmm. to clean this up thinking that I'd like to try that particularly with clouds. I think that'd be really interesting for me to break them into shapes. Um, so maybe soon, you know, I think if I do do that, I'll probably start small. So what's happened is I started to work larger. larger. Mm-hmm. The Biggest for me, that was 24 by 36. I've, t- I've started to go back to small again. I feel like it's easier to work things out with smaller pieces. You can complete more in a, in a short period of time. Whereas with the larger pieces, I feel like they need to be worked out in advance.
1: Yes, and I I don't know how you work, but I cannot stand to not finish a painting once I start it. It really grinds me to not be able to go from start to finish without being interrupted and just kind of get the idea out there. So I think that's why I maybe prefer to work smaller because with larger pieces, sometimes I really do have to work on it for a week. And my anxiety grows as I have to.
0: You know, Chris, um, I agree with you more. I love the direct start to finish of a small piece. So What yeah. I've done for my larger pieces is one way that I've attempted to break it into smaller pieces is maybe one day I'll paint skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that, I, I can manage that, you know, so I'm in that mode. The thing is, when I attack the fabric in my work, I need to have hours and hours and hours and I often don't finish it in one sitting. Hmm.
1: Oh, um in your feed I noticed that you did a post maybe last year about um being in a show at the Mystic Museum. Yes. And I used to work there. I was um a developer for their sculpture program for classes and workshops, and I did um, the youth classes and workshops for two or three different summers, and this is um, this is back in the mid-2000s, um, and it, that's when it used to be the Mystic Art Center. Um
0: it's like a gorgeous little town?
1: Yes, it is. The space of what is now the Mystic Museum is um, very kind of wide open and well lit as well so did, did you show like the large end of your um, scale range there like 24
0: no, by 36? Um, let's see I'm going to show there now actually and the piece that they have is the larger end it's 24 by 36 but unfortunately it's virtual so mm-hmm. we don't know how that looks in that space at the time when they were accepting applications, I put in a larger piece because when I went to see the show where I had entered a 16 by 20, I felt like it was brought by a lot of the other work in there because it is so open and expansive. Um, so I don't know, maybe next year I'll try to enter a, a larger piece as well. It would have been nice to see it um mm. time for it now.
1: Yeah, um, you know about the bridge in Mystic, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I was a lot younger, I got uh, caught in the middle when both sides went down. (laughs) And that was kind of neat. And then when I bought my older daughter there, I think she was maybe three or four at the time, we had gotten ice cream and I had turned my back and we were with friends and she went underneath where that gate thing, that like the, the arm was coming down and she just started to, to walk up the bridge.
0: Oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Kind I, of neat. How, how did you get caught between the two? Were you just daydreaming or something and it started to lift.
1: I was chasing after my younger brother (laughs) and I stopped to pick, to pick up something that he had dropped. And I I, I think it was like a toy with multiple little parts and I wasn't really paying attention. And I thought that whoever was calling for me, um, was calling for someone else. And then I heard some kind of, uh, alarm signal and I don't know why. I just thought to myself, oh, that means that I really need to get all these parts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I i don't know. I must have been. Uh, I, I don't know how old I was, but yeah. Well, um,
0: mystic, it, that bridge, everything about it is so charming. Yeah. But the first I, I had been there when I was a kid. I couldn't remember it well, but when I went. To deliver my painting, my thought was, this is a show I want to enter every year just to have an excuse to come to this adorable little town.
1: Um, it is. Um, hello.
0: Oh, yep, I'm
1: here. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I I just had another uh, kind of sharp pop in silence. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can. Sorry. I can edit all these weird kind of sharp pops and everything out, so don't worry about it if I lose you. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, I-, I was able to use some of the studios um, at the when it was the Mystic Arts Center um, to build sculpture stands and to make molds. So I was there um, overnight. And I was able to see everything lit up um, Uh, around the holidays, where it goes by the river there. And uh, that was a really neat memory. The uh, the Christmas lights on the boats. And you don't really see that too often in other places.
0: Yeah, you don't. You know, there is one thing that reminds me of here in Sandwich is there's a a pond in town center. And every year somebody puts a Christmas tree in the middle of the pond. And if the pond freezes enough, kids can skate. And it's not like the New York, you know, big skating. It's a very quaint, small town, um, very sweet um, image that I have of that tree with kids skating around it. You know, I do, I do love living just outside of Boston. I like being near a city. But I also like getting away to the Cape. The thing about the Cape for me is in the winter, it's a little too isolated for me. Mm. Um, you know, the wind is... The area where our home is is very quiet. There's very few year-round residents. It gets a little creepy. <laughs> but, you know, you're letting your dog out at night and... I don't know, there's... Uh, I
1: get back in as quick as I can. <laughs> yes, there are another uh, a number of places around the country just because of the the nature of tourism. Yes. That w- when you're off season, it's it's really weird. Um, because I, I spent a number of years uh, in New Orleans. Um, New Orleans around this time of year right now, like in late July, early August, is an absolute ghost town because it's way too hot mm. and um a lot of things don't open up until later and people really don't want to go outside to to broil. <laughs> yes.
0: And you
1: know, um sorry. Oh no go ahead.
0: Well, what I was gonna say is that's not saying I don't like the solitude that I have here. You know yeah. it's like we're living in a touristy area. It's very quiet. Um, I guess the difference is when you step out your door and the wind kind of pushes you across your patio, it, it's a little creepy. <laughs> when you feel wow. the, the wind like, kind of move your house, um, yeah. it's time to go home.
1: <laughs> hmm. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to ask you, too, because um, the few people I do know who um, own homes or who have stayed a long time on the Cape, they all have ghost stories. Do you have a ghost story? Nope. No, nope.
0: none? None. <laughs> <laughs> well whatsoever. I'm just too uh, no. I don't you're, ghost. I don't.
1: No. <laughs> well then you're the first person that has not had an odd ghostly experience. Um I actually did when I was a kid in, um, in Eastham, and I didn't really think anything of it until later on, I started to talking to more people who had uh, ghost experiences on the Cape. And so far, it's been 20 straight years of just kind of randomly talking to people and then asking them, just out of curiosity, "You are the first person, Lori.
0: Well, that might tell you a little bit about me. I'm a very practical person.
1: <laughs> I guess so. They they know who to avoid.
0: Yes, they do.
1: <laughs> hey, um, it's been really fantastic having this chat with you today. Can you um, tell people who might be listening where they can see your work or how they can get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Go ahead.
0: Uh, yes, my website is very simple, Lori, L-O-R-I, Meta, M-E-H-E-A, Art. And my Instagram
1: is the same. Okay. Well, it's, it, it, was fi- it was great to finally meet someone who I, I've been following and so interested in their work for a number of years. So thank, thank you really, so much for talking to me today.
0: Thank you for uh, interviewing me or whatever this is. I really enjoyed getting to know you a bit too, Chris. Thank you.